Well, hello there and welcome everyone to episode 30 of the Classic Rock Podcast. For those about to pod, we salute you. On this week's episode, we shall be discussing the year in rock, which is 2002. We will be going through our latest news, some new releases, Matt's alleged best part of the show, Hidden Gems. You know, well, you know, (laughs) I just can't lie. (laughs) And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, you've interrupted Mr. Rogers, so I'm going to introduce you anyway. Here he is, oh, my cool conspirator, an interrupter, cool interrupter, mm. Mr. Matt Rogers. How are you, mate? Uh, I'm doing all right, thank you. Uh, are we doing this weekly now? You said something about this week's. Uh, I didn't get. I didn't get that memo. Oh, I mean, this, da- oh. this, 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 this time, we're not. We're not going weekly. We're staying uh, normal three weekly. It's all right cadence no. anyway so uh how are you you're doing all right i'm very well mate i'm very i'm very well yeah, all... yeah i know you are yeah you can yeah. tell yeah. you got that glow about you um so so it's been my birthday isn't it right it has you been your birthday that? another yeah. another year around the sun another trip, <laughs> trip around the sun man yeah, we did it last time didn't we the trip around the sun no one actually said that to me fortunately which i'm quite in a way quite pleased about um, yes, yeah. it was my birthday. Uh, thank you, everyone who sent me wishes and stuff, and lovely presents from you, Brian. Did you get our any own, presents, Matthew? Our own branded merch. <laughs> Look at that, and we've got our own mugs as well. We're not recording this, but we do have our own mugs. Um, once upon a time, Brian and I used to drink alcohol when we were doing this podcast, but now we drink tea and have our own mugs. Or at least I think it's tea, Brian. I, cu- I could be wrong. You're I, I'm, I am drinking tea, Matthew. It's okay. a sun- Sunday afternoon. It's a drinking tea time. Okay. Very good. So, um, news time. What's in the news, Brian? What's caught your eye? What's caught my eye? So, poor old Judas Priest, bless them. They've 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 had a, as you know, they've, they've been a four-piece, they've been a five-piece. At yep. one point this week, I actually thought KK Downing had actually rejoined Priest. Somebody put it on a YouTube, uh, on a on a on a YouTube channel. Said, you know, KK returns to Priest, but obviously yeah. it was more KK's return to KK's Priest. So I was all excited okay. that KK Downing had rejoined Priest, but they've just missed out on being eligible for a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, and they've just missed out to those metal gods that are Eminem, Duran Duran, and Dolly Parton. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. But It's a shame. But what they need to do, what they need to do, Matt, is, and I I suggest this to all of our, all of our rock bands that are eligible, is you need to tell everybody that you don't want the award. And then you get in, because Dolly Parton said, bless her, she said, thank you for the nomination, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I haven't really done a rock record. Um, I'm a country star. Therefore, thanks for the nomination. I won't, I, I you know, please, please don't in, uh, include me in the induction process. Yeah. But they did anyway. Tactic, actually. Yeah. Good tactic. And she's going to accept the award now. So Judas Priest need to come on like most of our rock bands and go, no, thanks. No, 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 thanks. I don't want to be, thanks for the, uh, Thanks for making me eligible. I do want to be included in it, and then everybody will vote out of sympathy. Yeah. So there you go. Well, of course, we'll be covering the Dolly Parton piece on our other sister podcast, <laughs> the Country and West podcast, 
um, for those about to country and Western. I've got to work on the name. That's weekly. That's the weekly that one. Weekly. Sorry. Yeah, that's we've got the so weekly much to talk one. about there. Yeah, tune in for that weekly, everyone. So moving on, um, a couple of things that have caught my eye recently. Gene Simmons of Kiss, who um, everyone would be aware of, probably very much larger than life character. So Kiss are on their, he's been in the news recently. Kiss are on their farewell tour. I think it's actually a farewell tour this time. Um, <laughs> not like, no, not like the Scorpions. Not like the Scorp- <laughs> well, they've actually abandoned the concept of their farewell tour because they're having such a good time. They recorded two albums in the space that they were on their farewell tour. So I, I think they've, I think they've kind of, you know, sort of decided to carry on but because this this is their farewell tour and gene simmons has invited ace freely to join them for encores on the tour which i think is very gracious in in some ways it's basically saying come to all the gigs hang around until for a couple of hours and then come on for the encore um and also what about peter chris what about all the other guys that have been in Kiss over the years? There's been a few. I mean, obviously one or two are not no longer with us. But I thought, oh, well, okay. But we're seeing Ace Freely in the summer. We are. I'm looking. I'm re- the first Kiss person I've ever seen. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, on that subject, I mean, I think as it is their farewell tour, and I've seen Kiss. I think if if you can go and see them because they do put on one heck of a show. Um, mm. Brian Donning- imagine, Donnington. Donington Sunday night. Mm. They are on uh, download on Friday night, actually, to be precise. But, um, <laughs> we'll get to that later on do's and don'ts just, of gigs. <laughs> exactly. That's one of the things. You've got to make sure the gig is on the right day <laughs> before turning up. Yeah, we'll come to that later <laughs> in gig do's and don'ts. Oh. Now, also in the news, and this, this I thought was, was very, very nice and funny at the same time. So a guy in South Korea, he's been, he's, been, he's been in touch with Queen or the remaining members of Queen since 2014, asking their permission, getting their blessing for putting together, putting up a statue of uh, the late, great Freddie Mercury. Have you seen this, Brian? Have you seen this No, statue? I haven't. No, no. You should check it out. It's, it's, uh... So eventually he got, he got the blessing from from Queen and the approval, let's say. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's done this statue out of bronze. It's about five foot nine inches tall, which I assume was Freddie Mercury's height. But I would urge everyone to take a look at it because, uh, I mean, it, it does look it does, does look a bit like Freddie Mercury, but it reminded me more of a cross between George Michael in his sort of early solo career heyday and John Travolta from the Saturday Night Fever era um, with a sprinkling of village people thrown in. So so have a look, everyone, and tell me what you think. But I thought that was quite sweet. This guy's been lobbying for a... It's a tribute, obviously, to the great man. Um, Not the greatest tribute, necessarily, but a tribute all the same. (laughs) I can tell you're looking at it now. Um, But anyway, so moving on. Is it the thought that... Is it one of those ones... It's the thought that counts... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I always tell my wife. It's the thought that counts. Yeah. Um, it's like that so, tattoo you get of your favorite of your favorite rock artist, and it looks looks nothing like it. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, it is. No, it is Phil Lynott. It really, it looks so much like Jimi Hendrix. Uh, oh, it's Jimi Hendrix then. 
Okay. <laughs> right, let's move well, on. Talking, move on ta- talking about somebody who recently, in the last few years, has got themselves covered in tattoos. If you, is is uh, do, do you remember David Lee Roth? Like David Lee Roth in the in his in his pomp and circumstance was was a a, a tattooedless man. And now, you, if when you see David's torso, he's got tattoos all over him. But um, it was really um, interesting the last couple of weeks. The probably the two bands that we follow and love who are the least. Um, present on social media are ACDC. You know, yep. usually the album has been recorded for six months before we see anything. They're uh, infamously quiet and mm-hmm. guarded on social media, as are Van Halen. So yep. um, last couple of weeks, um, good old J- J- Jason Newstead from formerly of Metallica um, was part of a proposed project or Van Halen celebration tour where Jason was going to be potentially playing bass and Joe Satriani was going to be playing guitar. So social media is just blowing up in the last week or so. And David has uh, come out and said, well, in in the COVID times that we have, we need we need to have two people in each position. So he's he's going for Alex Van Halen and Tommy Lee on drums, which I thought wow. was interesting. Well, yep. Yeah. Joe Satriani on guitar and Steve Lukather from Toto. Now, wow. uh, uh, but then when we move into the bass duties, Michael Anthony gets a shout, which which I thought, that, that's nice. And Jason Newstead. And then, of course, who's going to be... Uh, the, it's going to be Dave. Dave Dave's obviously going to say himself on vocals. Mm. And I know who I would have gone as the second vocalist in this band. Um, but he decided that the only person that could, uh, that would be able to do his position well was Pink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I thought you were going to put yourself forward as <laughs> um, the other, other singer. You're only saying that because you'd like to see me try and do the splits. <laughs> I, I would. That's that's really what it's all about in your spandex and doing the old leg leg flips. So that, that's interesting. Pink. I mean, she's good. She she's great. Pink. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Great singer. Great performer. But that's an interesting choice, isn't it? Um, well, oh well. I mean, look. As with everything. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that plays out. So let's let's maybe. Maybe Van Halen is going to... Obviously, the chances of it ever coming to the UK are (laughs) none. (laughs) Unlikely. Uh, Unlikely. Um, It's funny you should mention Van Halen because something, uh, a feel-good story that I read this week. Um, I thought this was lovely, to be honest. Um, Eddie Van Halen, who sadly passed away uh, coming up two years um, later this year, Mm -hmm. he... um, in his in his will, he left um, he left a million dollars to an organisation called Mister Mister Holland's Opus Foundation. It's a charitable organisation, um, and its uh, its aim is to promote music and music education to children across the US. Yeah, and I thought that was lovely. I thought it was so so nice. So what a lovely legacy! A million dollars um, left to that to that organisation. And um, you know that's that, I thought that was great, and that made me feel good when I read that. And it's not the not the first time that that um, he was involved in that um, 
in that organization. Do you remember a few years ago he d- donated a few of his his guitars? He did indeed. You need to do, Brian. You've got far too many guitars <laughs> kicking around. Um, uh, but I thought that's great. I, I, good on you. Good on you. I mean, obviously he's he's now no longer with us, but good on you, the 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 Van Halen family for yep. obviously um, honouring that uh, honouring that uh, that request by the late great Eddie Van Halen, yep. of course. And and just finally, and the last bit of Van Halen related news, which is something that excited me, probably excited you more, because the headline mm. band is is who you'll want to go and see is Alter Bridge. Obviously, have announced their their UK tour um, for Christmas time in the UK. Yep. And uh, the looks like a really good lineup, as Alter Bridge always do. Alter Bridge always have a good package um, for for a tour. Um, so you've got Alter Bridge, Hailstorm, and Mammoth. So Wolfgang is coming to the UK, and I think that was well. He was certainly my very first best of album for the podcast. So I'm right. looking forward to seeing that that show and yeah. that tour. Yeah, same here. Yeah, quickly bought tickets for that. Yep, and um, looking forward to going to see them. I think the UK tour is is more than London. <laughs> yes, I'm going to see him in Glasgow. Yeah, no, it's good. So also recently, uh, we've been to a couple of gigs, haven't we, Brian? I yes. went to see uh, Reef um, up in Kentish Town at the Forum a couple of weeks ago. Um, got a new album out, which is called Show Me Your Ace. In fact, you and I met up, didn't we, for a drink? Um, we did indeed. Just before that, you were off to see Sting. You were rocking, I was popping. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but Reef were excellent. Uh, got a new album out called Show Me Your Ace, which I think Andy Taylor from Duran Duran is involved in, Brian. Co-writing. And you told me. Yeah, he's, he was co-writing and producing the album. And I did think that he was uh, a sort of semi-member of the band playing live with them. And I did, I yeah. did say, yeah, yeah. Go well, and see was, them. Um, yeah, so I, I, I went to this gig and I thought, oh, I wonder whether, whether Andy Taylor's going to be playing with them. So out they came. And um, they started the gig, and it was really good. And on this on stage left, there was a person with very long blonde hair, quite quite slight, quite a petite person. I thought, I wonder whether that's Andy Taylor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked, I looked more closely, and it was a, it was a, it was a lady. It was a female. So that obviously wasn't Andy Taylor. That was their touring guitarist. Um, but they were good, uh, supported by Scarlet Rebels. Um, okay, who we yeah. talked about, yeah. Um, their album See Through Blue is out at the moment, which I recommend. Um, met the guys, nice guys, had a little chat with them. Um, they're really happy to be on tour. Um, I saw them about the fact that when I saw them first back in of 2019, they were on at midday on a Planet Rock event on the on not even on the main stage. So obviously they've come on leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. So good on them. Long may it continue. And how was Sting, Brian? Sting was fabulous. It was um, a new venue for me in London. Um, I went to see Sting in the London Palladium. So it, was, it wasn't it was Sunday night in the Palladium, it was Saturday night in the Palladium. Um, mm-hmm. He played loads of police hits, um, lots of a solo album. He did, he did promote his new album, which was a quiet part of the show, if I'm honest. Okay. <laughs> he played four of tracks off his new album off... Uh, um, straight after each other but uh um yeah it was great but i think the most uh, memorable part of the show was he opened up the entire show with a young 
Ukrainian cellist and his acoustic guitar, and he sang uh, Russians, which oh. was a which was a which was a very poignant opening for the show. Um, but he mm. was fantastic. Sting is seventy, Matt, wow. and, and do you know what? Sting Sting was seventy. His voice was an absolute great condition he's doing he did four or five nights at the palladium um i have to say um he's in great shape and his voice is in great shape so i think there's a lot of whatever he's doing with his vocals to keep himself in shape there i think there's a lot of uh professional singers out there should tip their hat to mr sting because he is sounding great Mm. well that's very good good stuff Okay, so that was the news. It was indeed. That was good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I was learned a few things on the news. <laughs> I didn't know Sting was seventy. I, well, somebody asked me. <clears throat> really? Yeah, someone. Someone. Uh, so you shouted out like you normally do. Hey, Sting! How old are you? Just well, some uh, interest. It was. It was just that uh, when when I was asked who you're going to see in London, I said I'm going to see Sting, and somebody went, "Oh, he's been knocking about for a while," and you go. I'll have a look. And he's 70. Mm. And I thought, um, anyway, so we're coming to that part of the show, Matthew, where it is my year in rock. And last Mm. time I gave you the year that was 2002. I had left university and I was now working now. So we don't have to do that anymore. (laughs) What are you saying that I've I've flogged that joke to death? No, no, no. I'm just getting it in first. (laughs) Beating it to death with a stick. I probably have actually. Like my impersonations. Um, so it's Brave New World, episode 30. Uh-huh. I, pro- I can't resist doing impersonations. I almost did my Sting impersonation then. Hey, oh, brother, please, please. Going? It's me, Sting. Um, <laughs> it's got a very high voice, isn't he, uh, Sting? Gordon Sumner. How do we go to that stuff? Yes, 2002. A mere 20 years ago. 20 I know, years 20 ago. years ago. It doesn't that long ago, does it? Anyway, 2002. Um, it was a good year for me. Um, went to a few gigs. Highlight of the year for me was, um, and I might have mentioned this band once or twice. I always, always, uh, when I'm introducing this band, I always say that. I may have mentioned them twice, once or twice. Uh, Diamond Head were back. Um, I think on the last time, we talked about nationality, they were back. And in 2002, they were back again. Um, I saw their first electric live show. I drove all the way to Milton Keynes on my own uh, to watch uh, the first electric show of the uh, new, newly reformed for the second time Diamond Head. I also saw them at P- the Peterborough Met Lounge. Um, got some pictures of those gigs, Brian, if you're interested. Including one, one of me with Brian Tatler. Where I'm rocking double double denim before it was a thing. I think I think you um, should I you you have license to put it up on our Facebook page. Let's I may well do. let's see you with rock royalty, Mr. Brian Tatler, the, yeah. most, the most mentioned well, man on our I, podcast. Funny enough, I thought about a theme for our next uh, our next episode, but I'll come to that later. Okay, as I was thinking about that, uh, Diamondhead, as I said, we're, we're back, which is good for me and other people, of course. Exactly, uh, it's not just you. <laughs> Album-wise, there's a few good albums that came out. Um, um, Songs for the Deaf by Queens of the Stone Age was out. Now, that was a good album. Um, third album by Queens of the Stone Age, featuring one Dave Grohl on the drums, who is um, big friends with Josh Homme, 
Yeah. And um, some great songs are there. Uh, I think everyone will remember the uh, No One Knows video and also Go With The Flow, those videos, which at the time uh, got a lot of airplay or a lot of play on various video channels. Yeah. Uh, one of the underrated songs on the album is a song called First It Giveth. Check that out. It's a good album. Really good album. Audio Slave brought out their debut album. Um, a combination of members of Soundgarden and Rage Against the Machine, which would make them, Brian, of course... A super group. Indeed. Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you think that they sat around before they came up with the, the name of Audio Slave, or they go, well, we go, we'll go with Rage Against the Garden? And <laughs> That's right. Sound Machine. Actually, Sound Machine could work, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, Rage Against the Garden. <laughs> yeah, I like the sound of that. Um, good songs on that album. I mean, it's a really good album. They only did two albums. Um, and uh, this had uh, Cochise. On yeah. It. That was an epic, wasn't it? it was. uh, Show Me How to Live, Gasoline, Like a Stone. It's a great album, top to tail. Um, Very riffy as well, too, which yeah. you wouldn't... Uh, I don't know... Rage Against the Machine wouldn't be one of a band I know a lot about, but certainly from a riff perspective, Audio Slave just hit the money for me. And it had Chris Cornell singing, and Chris Cornell can do no wrong for me. Absolutely. And of course, Tom Morello on the guitar, who we'll come to later. We will come to later, yes. Gosh. Um, we better not come to it too much, because that's my bloody hidden gem, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, come to you very later. Very, very, yeah. very later. Uh um, also in 2002, Rush released Vapor Trails, um, their first album since Test for Echo in 1996. Notable because it was the first album they released after the sad passing of Neil Peart's wife and daughter. And I remember it was touch and go as to whether Rush would even continue. And of course they did for another uh, 12 or 13 years. And um, it's a good album, worth, worth a listen. I remember listening to it... Um, I used to walk to work in those days, Brian. And I remember when I was working in uh, in Croydon and um, I used to listen to it on my Discman or Discman. Is it Discman or Discman? Anyway, my, Disc my portable man. disc CD player. I'm doing a, a kind of a hand gesture as to, you know, it's sitting in my hand like a virtual. These days, I because I, I've got all retro, I carry a, a, re, a record player on the train and, and put my vinyl albums on it. I've moved on from... Discmans and with, iPods. With, yes, with with all of your LPs and your rucksack at the back. Exactly. <laughs> a big a big extension lead to the to the to power it, obviously. Now, I get some funny looks on the train, but you know gotta to listen to music, haven't you? Um so that was that was two thousand and two. How about you, Brian? How was it for you? Two thousand two two thousand and tears on the gig front, Matthew, I have to say. <laughs> I I was uh I, I it, it was the lean years. I had the lean years for for 2002 because I went to one gig in 2002 and I went with it, went with you. I remember. <laughs> That's the only gig I went to. Oh, you should have come to Diamond Head with me. I I, I would have doubled my my my, uh, uh, my gigs in 2002. I went to see Bad Company um, where, where you actually delivered. Uh, you did say... You delivered. It was my first time ever in the in the hallowed halls of the mm. Hammersmith Odeon. I think it was called the Carling Academy or something at that time. 
Probably. Uh, yeah. Um, so we went to see, first time in the Hammersmith Odeon to see Bad Company. And I can remember you said, because I could have got to see them in Glasgow and you went, no, come down to London, come down because... Spend a load of money coming to London. Yes. Be- and, and you said, McRalph's will probably come and play. Because at that time, Dave Bucket Colwell was playing guitar. But right. you said, come down to London, Brian, because there's a good chance that Mick Ralphs will play, will come out and play with the band. And guess what? I delivered. You delivered. I didn't know for sure he was coming. <laughs> of course, you could have, you know, he might have fallen out, never been friends ever again because of that. Um, <laughs> I do remember it was a really good gig, though. We were about Fabulous. Roger, weren't we? It was. Um, it was, and we, we were just mesmerised by how good Paul Rogers was, of course. Mesmerised, um, um, annoyed, perplexed it was just Mm. it was like why are why why are you 900 years older than us singing better than than ever he was great yeah Yeah. it's incredible so that that was my one gig um albums wise for me 2002 was a i i've i've only got a couple just to shout out um uh i loved and I'll be interested in a, for any of our listeners what their views on this particular album is. It's Def Leppard's X album, or, or 10, X10. Yeah. Um, it was quite a poppy album. Um, I loved it. I, I went to see them the next year on the X tour in 2003. But it's a great, great album. Four-letter word. There's some real cracking albums. But they went to Sweden and and did a lot of writing with outside writers, etc. And it's a, a bit like slang, kind of split the mm. split the audience. And they came back, and I thought uh, Def Leppard X was a was a great album. And the only other yeah. album, um, and and obviously Dave Grohl was a busy guy then in two thousand two because he he drummed on the Queens of Stone uh, Stone Age album, but he also um, brought out the Foo Fighters album, which was one by one. Yep. And one by one, uh, of all of the tracks that are on it, you know, all my life, times like these, which uh, which has become a bit of an anthem, and these yeah. recent times, it was the first album. It was the first album that Taylor Hawkins permanently was assigned for playing the drums, and Chris Shiflett played. It was the first one that he played guitar on as well too. I love the album and my favourite track on the album and I'm going to put it on the playlist is Disenchanted Lullaby. It is fabulous. Never released as a single but it's just the Foo's. Uh, it, it, it's probably my favourite Foo Fighters album. They re-recorded it. They wasted a million pounds, Matt, recording it and then they went away, went back to Dave's studio and recorded it in two weeks and redid it. So they wasted, I think Dave, Dave said, we wasted, wasted a million dollars recording it and then went into his garage and re-recorded it. So those are the mm. two albums in 2002, which was X by Def Leppard and The Foos, one by one. So 2000 year, yeah, good year. Indeed. So that was 2002, Brian, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. I'm going to bring you a bit more up to date with the next year. I'm going back a mere nine years to 2013. Fabulous. You're very welcome. Hopefully I will have been to more than one gig in mm. 2013. I can probably guarantee it. I went to more yeah, than one gig. Probably, in- probably. So, Matt, interesting you, you talk, we talk about gigs. Now that we're getting back to some degree of normality, yep. you and I have been to a number of gigs. 
and lots of our sure. friends and uh, followers on the podcast will be starting to think about maybe going back out to gigs again. So we thought it would be a good opportunity for us to, for those people who might not have been to a gig for a long time and they're going, what do I do? What are the things we need to do? Matt What's and I decided. Like, What's that? What's it like, Brian and Matt? What's it like, Brian and Matt? So we thought it would be a good opportunity to just go through with our experience of gigs, the do's and don'ts. What do you do? What are the things to do in, the, in, in gigs? And maybe share some of our vast experience in the subject of gigs. I obviously am looking at it from a short person's perspective. Indeed. So I may have some do's and don'ts. <laughs> Yeah, this is, of course, all our opinion, and it's very lighthearted. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, so we start, where, where do we start? With the, well, you've got to go there. You've got to go to the, to the, uh, the venue, haven't you, Brian? You, you, know, you do uh, indeed. And, and, yes. and, and for research on, on the subject, because I have researched this very extensively for this uh, um, educational part of the show, Matthew. Um, yes, yes. I, I was, so. I was, I was talking to one of my friends, and we were talking about gigs, and we said the, the one of the most important things to do is when you go to the gig, is is bring your tickets, mm-hmm. because there's nothing yes. worse than heading off to the gig, and you could be going to, you could be just going down to Glasgow or Edinburgh for me, or I could have been travelling all the way down to lovely old London, and uh, I forgot my tickets. So always remember your tickets. Mm. So don't forget your gig tickets. Yes, that's a good point. Actually, um, I quite often um, because I'm because I, I, I think this way. If I'm going to a gig with my friends, I'll always say to them, "Oh, did you get the gig? Did you get a ticket? I I, I posted it through your list box." Well, of course, I've got them in my back pocket. It's hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I'll say to my wife, "Got the tickets," and she won't know whether I'm asking or telling her. It's hilarious. Yes. Yes. Everyone should try it. So fun for all the family. Fun for all the family. Then, so you've got the tickets in your back pocket, Matthew. Yes. And you're heading to, uh, let me just pick something out of the sky. You're heading to Manchester. You're going to see Roger Waters. Mm -hmm. You're driving to Manchester. Now, Manchester is a bit like London. You You have lots of places that you can go and watch gigs. I recommend to our podcast listeners, please take the tickets that you've not forgotten, and check the venue that you're going to. Because don't fall into the trap like Uncle Brian here, where you assume that Roger Waters is playing a big stadium and he's actually playing an arena. Yeah. And I've done that. So, boys and girls, check the venue. And in a similar vein, check the date. <laughs> my, my cousin... Uh, Sarah, who lives in Nashville, a few years ago, this is this is a famous family story. A few years ago, she she and her husband were going to see U two. They had tickets to go see U two, and they were very excited, big U two fans. Yeah, and uh, they live in Nashville. I think they were going to Atlanta to see U um, two. So they they drove up, oh, whatever it is, five hour drive, six hour drive. So it's a long way. And when they got there, uh, they drove up to the stadium. Yeah, you because know, it was in like the Atlanta and Norma Dome or something. And uh, instead of the, the car park being packed to capacity and people queuing to get in, they drove straight in. The car park was completely empty. <laughs> he said, so he went up to this guy and said, uh, hi, how's it going? Um, you two gig? Uh, why, where, why are there no one? Where's, where is everyone? And the guy said, uh, well, that was last month. 
No way! Got, a month out! They'd mixed up July with June. So they'd missed it by a month. And um, I think that's a listen for us all, really. <laughs> Just keep an eye on the dates. Yeah. Of your, of your favourite gig. Yeah. Because you could end up being a month or even a day out. There, there And in these times, Matt, of yes. um, when our favourite bands are not touring, there, there's a lucrative tribute act scene. Yes. And I read, I read somewhere uh, last week that there was a, uh, it was in the States where an, unf- uh, an uber super fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers decide, decided um, that he was, uh, he was going to travel across the country, cross country to go and see the Red Hot Chili Peppers play in a club. Now, the Red Hot Chili Peppers were playing some warm up shows um, ahead of the announcement of their world tour and the new album, which came out last month. So this guy travelled all the way to the show thinking it was going to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers and it was a Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute band. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, 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 we touched on that once or twice, haven't we? I imagine that happens quite a lot. Yeah. Because you can get all excited thinking, um, I don't know, the Foo Fighters or Guns N' Roses are playing... Uh, in Darlington Colliery or whatever it was that gig you went to yeah. years ago you saw uh, Graham Bonnet and Easington Donnery. Colliery that's it Easington Colliery whereas actually it is a tribute band um, but you know so be careful of that one boys and girls mm-hmm. because you know the names are sometimes very similar so but they, so we've yes. successfully so we've we've picked the right we're date we, we're, we've picked the right date we've got our tickets we've got the mm. right venue we're going in Matthew yes yeah, what 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 are you what are you what are your thoughts? Well, I I always say, go and see the support act. I always say that, and I've always said that for years because yep. I think we've all missed um, we've all missed support acts that we've probably regretted, and we've also all left early and probably regretted it as well. Um, <laughs> and I, as I, as I mentioned a few weeks ago when I left early from the Smith Cotson gig and missed Nico McBrain coming on. So, but um, yeah, um, go early, support the support act. Yep. Or acts. And um, you never know who you might see. You know, everyone starts somewhere. Um, I think we've all probably seen some good opening acts over the years. Um, so go and check them out. And my advice for those people who are um, maybe maybe in the, in the category of tallness that I am. Yes. It's always good if you, if you're, if you don't want to be standing beside somebody who's 15 foot tall, get in early. Get your get your um, get your pitch sorted. You might be close to the front, but at least you've got yourself sorted. Because there's nothing more difficult than coming into a gig late, thinking you're you're going to be able to to get a good vantage point. If you want to get a good vantage point, get in early, and you might be surprised and you see a a, a mega, um, you know, a, a good support band. On a serious note, please remember to protect your hearing. Yes. Um, always where you can you can get um you can you're able to get good quality uh earplugs for for you which won't uh, which will help protect your ears and it won't spoil the fun of the night because um protecting your hearing particularly if you go to a lot of gigs it's worthwhile doing or you get it's turning into quite a public service broadcast isn't it brian sorry mate um <laughs> well i'll tell you one thing about a modern phenomenon of gigs and i've had, only noticed it in the last few years is people that are desperate you talk about getting there early they're desperate to get on the front barrier mm-hmm. um 
which um, I'm never quite sure about because um, mm. you, well, you, you know, you can't go to the bar, you know, you can't go to the toilet. Well, you can, I suppose, but you yeah. can't, you know. So uh, that's, that's devotion for you, but I'm never, I'm not quite sure. I'm a bit more relaxed when it comes to gigs. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I went, as I said, I went to see Reef recently and I was right at the back and I was fine. Um, and, uh, you know, you get a good view. And um, one thing I don't like, let's come on to the don't likes. Mm. Um, so I'm not a big fan of uh, people sitting on shoulders. Okay. Say. Uh, and and even even though one of our uh, friends, he famously when we were at High Voltage a few years ago, yes, his um, his wife was on his shoulders, and uh, was very prominent in the um, High Voltage footage that's on YouTube. Matt, yep. Matt and Hannah, yeah. Um, but I'm not a big fan of it. However, I do remember one of the greatest rock and roll moments I ever I ever witnessed was um, involving a, a young lady on on the shoulders of a guy at the Ramley Man Fair a few years ago. Airborne were playing, and you remember Airborne uh, were great value. They were fantastic. They had a kind of classic four o'clock slot. Everyone's had a couple of drinks, and they were they they had this thing. And they probably still do it where they they throw out. Uh, uh, beers into the mm. audience so they have a kind of rack of pints of beer and they throw them out and occasionally people catch them they threw about a dozen out no one caught them and then they threw the last one out and it, this this young lady in a bikini top very kind of rock and roll caught it was on the big screen caught it and downed it in one i thought that is <laughs> that's rock and roll that, that's that's pretty good. Um, uh, yeah. But in general, I'm not a big fan of the the, uh, the shoulder sitters, and they don't get much. Uh, they don't, not, I think I'm not alone because I've seen plenty of people um, pelted with whatever uh, cups and bottles. Yes. For, for sitting on the shoulders. Yes. Uh, other things which other things which are part of the don't do's, uh, mm. and I have got um, is if you want to if you want to take a memento of the show. And you want to take a photograph or a, a little bit of video footage, just you know, maybe 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 in the maybe the first song or maybe the last song, but don't don't be don't sit with your phone on for the whole show, um, video and everything. Uh, it's it's you know, uh, to me, we'll there's go live on or we'll go live on Facebook, Brian. <laughs> Well, that's 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 only for the final count. I I do that for the final countdown for Europe. Everybody knows. Everybody knows when yeah. Europe's touring because I go live for the final countdown. There's a degree of uh, I I put myself up for ridicule amongst all of my friends because I'm. They, everybody knows I'm such a. You know, but I, but I it re, it reminds me of a story, Matt. I went to see Michael Schenker's Temple of Rock. Yes. About ten years ago in Edinburgh, and somebody pulled out of their backpack an iPad. Oh so, so they were at the front. I, I was, it, it, it was, it was a small venue. It, it was reasonably busy, but not packed. And this person was standing right at the barrier and got their iPad out. Oh <laughs> and, and Doogie White was the singer. Now, Doogie is basically, somebody is holding up an iPad recording it and he's trying to sing and perform and this person did it for i don't think they did it for the whole show matt but they did it for most of it and and the the people standing behind them was going you you, you're seriously not going to have hold an ipad up for the whole gig so 
take a photograph, take a memento, take a little bit of video, but don't do the, don't do, yeah. don't do, don't video the whole concert. It's, it's not, yeah, not it's required. Un, it's unnecessary, isn't it? Because um, if you notice, you go to a gig and the, but the, and the official photographer's in the pit. They're only allowed to be there for three songs. Yep. Maybe bands should say that. Yeah, you can take a, you take a picture, maybe take a bit of footage. Yeah, but three three songs only, or one song only. Yeah, that's it. You know, the final countdown, or living on a prayer, or you know, the big yeah. songs, whatever. Yeah, but don't. Yeah, I never get my head around that because I mean, I've yeah. done it. I've recorded the odd song like you have. I've never watched it back. I might even look at the <laughs> I might even look at the pictures occasionally. Put a few on Facebook. You know, if they're good enough, I might print them off. But I mean, yeah. you know, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I was thinking, uh, it's funny, we, we talked once or twice about personal space. And uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this because we, 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 we've been going to gigs a long time. I, I went to my first gig when I was 15, I think I was. A mm-hmm. um, long, long time ago, I Maiden at the University of East Anglia. We talked about it once or twice. Um, but um, what I've noticed, the older we get, and in those days as we've touched upon, you know, you were crammed in, you would, you know, you, yeah. it, it was part of the deal. Yep. Was that you were packed in like sardines, you know, you were leaning on each other. Uh, if you remember, I, I used, I was quite often in row three and my hair was in row 36, <laughs> you know, it, it was, whereas the older you get, I think the further back you go in the auditorium or the least concerned you are about being close because the sound quality is generally good. You've got big screens now. I mean, the early, the early festivals, um, even before the, you know, I started going to the early eighties, there were no big screens. No, you, know, you, 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 sometimes the stage was on the horizon, you know, yeah. that, that many people. Um, but, uh, I've noticed that the, the further you, the further back you get the, uh, you, you like your personal space. And certainly my wife, if she was here, uh, uh, she would say she doesn't like, as I've said before, she doesn't like that people flicking hair in her face, which unless you've got hair that's about four foot long, the, the personal space should be enough for, you know, not you not to flick your hair in someone's someone's face. And I, I get that. Um, what else you got for us, Brian? Um, I, from an attire perspective, Matthew. I, oh, an attire I, perspective. An, an attire perspective. Um, th- th- there's a couple of things. There yes. is, um, for, for, us, for us guys, don't wear sandals. Yes. Don't wear sandals. <laughs> don't wear sandals. That's a bit, that's a bit specific. No, 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 no. I, I was going to say, um, don't wear your don't don't wear don't wear your favorite trainers. And if you and if you want to protect your feet, and particularly if you're in the front of stuff, wear wear maybe wear a pair of decent boots or wear something that you're prepared for people to stand on your feet. Because I that's have to true, say, actually. I I do remember in my early days of gigs when I'd be wearing my favorite converse trainers matt you know I've, I've got all dressed up i'm wearing my i'm wearing my meatloaf um, meatloaf denim jacket and my thin lizzy t-shirt now brand new spanking pair of converses and i walk out of the gig and they may have been red when i went mm. there they were decidedly not red by the coming so be careful with, with the things that you uh people will tread on your toes particularly if you're pool going um yes. yeah so uh yes look, look after yourself that you're in amongst um, other things that that don't feel embarrassed about doing a couple of things yes and you know why there's two things which i love three things i love to do at gigs yes. one play the air guitar do not be embarrassed no. about about it's, do it. it's do it do it if if, if ne- <clears throat> possible bring a couple of air guitars in case one gets out of tune of uh, exactly I, I, you uh, might need it always good to have a backup Wise words. A couple of air amps as well, because you never know one might go down. Exactly. So you need a backup. I, I, exactly. So air guitars, air drumming, 
I'm, you know, I love to air drum. I can look a little bit silly though in the middle of a field. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, people should do what they like. I mean, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're giving it all over that do's and don'ts. I mean, as we've said before, music is for everyone. Yeah. And if you're at a concert or even listen to music, just enjoy yourself, enjoy it. But of course, be be, be wary of the, <laughs> the do's and don'ts. What are you going to say? Don't wear your flip flops to a gig. I think I've done that, Brian. To be honest with you, at a festival. Well, don't go barefooted. Don't, don't go, go barefooted. Don't go, uh, no, and the other thing which you probably would recommend uh, for yes. me when we talk about air, so air drum and air guitar, it, actually for most people that for festivals and stuff that we go to, I should probably air sing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you should. You should. Uh, Brian's got this tendency. Brian's got a very good voice. As we, we've joked about it once while I've joked about it hundreds of times that he, he doesn't really play the guitar and he can't sing but he's very good at both and he does have a tendency to sing louder than the actual band or the actual singer and i remember when we went to we were right at the back of uh high voltage in 2010 11 we were watching thunder i think it was uh-huh. and you were singing your head off i was and we were just we were sitting there you know miles back and some guy turned around to you as if to say oi be quiet because um, he's trying to listen to thunder about half a mile away and and i and i and i get that and and that's a lesson for me every day is a school yes. day matthew so Indeed. i i think the lesson lesson for us boys and girls is when the lead singer in the band encourages you to sing yes. he may he may encourage you by by pointing out the microphone <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, we haven't got those backstage passes yet from David, have we? No, no, we we're haven't. Not either. No, we're not. No. So, so I think that I think the lesson for for those aspiring singers amongst us is wait to be invited to sing, because mm. people have paid their hard-earned money to hear David Coverdale or Danny Bowes, yes. or Nathan James, yes. or the bloke out of. Those damn crows who I don't know very well, but you know who it is. So though Shane Green, Shane Greenall, yeah, Shane, good old Shane. Um, mm. it, it's it's let the singer do his job, and Brian shut up and only sing the choruses for living on a prayer. So sing, yes. But one of the things about voices is singing's okay, but chatting and talking. Oh, um, oh yeah. And there's that's a good. that's probably the number one for me. I have to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think there's a difference between fancy another pint or I'm just going to nip to the loo yeah. versus having a full-on conversation <laughs> about it or about anything. So how was work today? Yeah, good. Yeah. We had a meeting about yeah. yeah. you there yeah. to watch the music. Yeah. I know, I know what you mean. I mean, it's very annoying, I think, um, to when, you, when you're there and it's, and it, you know, it's a slow part or it's a slow intro or something and you've got someone chatting about, Last night's EastEnders. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yes, I have to agree with you on that one, Brian. Yes. Don't. It's a bit like Room 101, this is, isn't it? <laughs> I, I would put, I'd certainly put that into Room 101. People chatting, yeah. chatting at gigs, about not about the gig. And and venues as well, too. I, 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 I know there's a, I'm not going to name the venue. I, I know there's a few venues that I go to where the bar is right at, it's kind of the bars in a little alcove area. And I'm I'm in the main auditorium watching the gig. And then you can hear everybody in the bar because they've moved back to the bar. They've bought their drink yeah. and they're, they're 
chatting away in the bar and and you have that on un- you have that uncomfortable moment of the band's stops and the bar's just like it, it you might as well be in the center of town and there's no gig on everybody's y- y- yabbering away and stuff and I'm kind of going Ugh. I know I know I, I remember a friend of mine a friend of ours Trevor Trevor Streets he went to see I think it was King King a few years ago uh-huh. right, King King and it was a similar setup and I think Alan Nimmo the singer the the larger than life Bekilted singer and guitarist of King King basically said to, exactly to the folks in the bar that we're trying to do a gig here. You know, mm-hmm. can you have a bit of kind of consideration? Um, it's a good point. And um, yeah, again, you know, people will do what they like. People will do what they do. Um, yeah. I guess it's all part of the fun, isn't it? Really? It is. Um, another one, which which this as both of us are part of the lead singers. Leads, lead vocalist, lead singers union, a couple mm. of things. Usually bands spend a lot of time working out their set list. And some yep. in some cases, they'll even have the name, not that you and I have ever been in this situation where we go, am I in Baltimore or Delaware this evening? And, you know, it's, mm. we, we, I haven't, I don't think I've played three shows in a row ever in my life. Um, but in most cases, bands have got a set list. And so... And also, bands with all of the new technology, in-ear monitors, and you, you're aware, bands sometimes can't hear what you but hear what the audience are saying. So I do think um, I've noticed a lot of is is if if a certain if you shout up your request mm. and the band doesn't acknowledge your request, I would I would let it go. Because I, 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 I'd let it go. And this is a famous one for me, Matthew. I I sat one night in Glasgow and it was an acoustic concert. It was Brian Adams. Brian was with a piano, a pianist and himself on acoustic guitar. Very intimate gig. And, and, and this lovely girl from Glasgow just needed Brian's attention. Mm. And, she, and she just shouted, I've seen you 26 times. About uh, uh, for about ten minutes. Every time, every time is a break. You know, Brian, I love you. Sing it. You know, and it was like for the rest of us in the audience, it's like you've you've he's acknowledged you, or maybe he's just waved at you. Let yep. it go. So that, boys and girls, is our whistle stop tour around the do's and don'ts of gigs. In our opinion, of course, supposed to be lighthearted. Again, as we've always said, enjoy the music, <clears throat> enjoy the gigs. Get out there, support the support acts, uh, buy the merch, um, just have a great time. Enjoy yourselves. Get home safely. So, Brian, that brings us to the last part, but not the least part of the old podcast. <laughs> um, no one's stopped me recently. I must get out more. No one's stopped me in the street telling me how great they think it is, but I know deep down that everyone does think it's the best part of the old Podcast episode thirty, Brian, and uh, what have you got for us this time in Hidden Gems? Thank you, Lola. So, what we got for us then, Brian? I'm going to go back forty years, young wow. Matthew. Forty years. Forty years. Yeah. Were you at university then? <laughs> yeah, were you? <laughs> no, I was at university then. Are you sure? I I, I don't even think I had. I, I didn't even have in 1982 my denim jacket with didn't with you? meatloaf in the back. No, 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 no. Oh. I got that. That that was a post 1983 um, 
purchase. Anyway, okay. uh, the, the hidden gem I'm going with for, for this episode, um, and we're going to see this band. Are we? We are going to see this band, I think... T- it's either once or twice. Uh, we're definitely seeing them at Stone Dead. We are seeing Vandenberg. Yes. If people, yes. if we were recording this, you would see Matt's face, and he he did a he did a big yeah. Um. So I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Vandenberg's first studio album, um, which was released in 1982. It was produced by Adrian, and it was recorded in Jimmy Page's studios. The big track off the album uh, which is the powered ballad uh, Burning Hearts but a few of the tracks I'll put on the playlist um, which are fantastic uh, Wait and Your Love Is In Vain Wait, the intro to Wait when you hear it, it's fantastic classical, this neoclassical Ingwie Malmsteen type guitar but my um, my hidden gem is a band that we will see at Stone Dead Festival is Adrian Vandenberg's debut album, Vandenberg, which is fantastic. Very good. There you go. What have Very you got? Very good indeed. Well, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm slightly cheating this time oh. because this is not that hidden at all. But it is a gem. <laughs> um. So uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk about a film. So it's out at the moment actually, and I thought I'd mention it. Um, mainly because I haven't had time to think of an, an actual hidden gem, but I'm going to go with this anyway. Okay. So, um, boys and girls, I would urge you to go on to Netflix. I think we mentioned it on the on the Facebook site. We did. Actually. Um, and check out Metal Lords. Now, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty, as I would say, it's a bit sweary in places. Uh, it's a story of a couple of kids uh, forming a metal band to um, take pl- take part in the battle of the bands. Um, it's quite funny. It's quite poignant. It's got a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, I think the soundtrack is probably the highlight for me, to be honest with you. There's Black Sabbath, there's Pantera, there's Megadeth, there's Metallica. Um, it's all very metal. Um, and uh, there's an interesting cameo. We mentioned Tom Morello earlier. <laughs> there's, a, there's an interesting cameo with uh, Rob Halford, Kirk Hammett, Tom Morello, and Rob Halford, Scott Ian, Scott, I said Rob <laughs> Scott Ian from Anthrax, of course. Um, <laughs> you need to think about your memory, Brian. I do. So, <laughs> I w- see. I was going. I went along the ways. I was going. I was going. Scott's first. Uh, Tom's second. Kirk, then Rob. So I was. I was. I was expecting to go Rob last. Sorry. No. We should rehearse um, these things more. We should really. We should do the complete thing and then re-record it, just like <laughs> we did last time, um, because it was rubbish. Uh, so, yeah, Metal Lords, I would recommend it. It's on Netflix now. Um, check it out. Good soundtrack. Hopefully the soundtrack will be, will be coming out as a maybe a, an individual album. Who knows? Who knows? The, the acts that were involved, obviously, were very happy for their music to be used, which is always good. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, it took me back to when I was young, long hair at school. Um, I, I was in I was in bands then actually. Yeah, uh, I wasn't in a metal band, but um, yeah, good times. So yeah, check it out, Metal Lords on Netflix. So I will now. So Brian, before I'm invaded by cats <laughs> and a uh, and a dog, 
is honestly this this is episode this, 30 like dr doolittle's house exactly it is the dr do the, it's it's episode 30 the animal special the animals take over. <laughs> um, I, I've got a feeling this this cat. This is this is Picasso. He uh, he wants to be on this podcast, don't you, Picasso? He's enjoying himself, <laughs> rubbing his face against the microphone, which you probably hear. Right, that was it. Episode thirty, Brian. Boom. You finish it off for us. Close I'll it finish off. it off for us. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yes, thank you, every thank you, every whilst whilst Matt fight, fights with the cat. Um, uh, thanks everybody for listening to episode 30 we shall see you all next time we are on check out the podcast on um, Apple Podcasts we're on Amazon we're on Spotify you actually now on Spotify can rate the show as well too so please give us a rating on Spotify um, and leave us a review yes, as well too and subscribe as well it, and it, it, we're on uh, Twitter at FT80Pod and Facebook of course yes so we- <laughs> See you next time. All right. See you, Matt. See everybody. Take care. Bye now. For those about to pod, We Salute You is a Maley Rogers Media Production.